you're going to hate me. Because I come to your town and we beat your team. The All Out Kentucky Podcast. Short into the arms of Davis. And a superior team all season long was a superior team tonight. And the Kentucky coronation is complete. Champions 2012. Benny Snell needs five yards to break Sonny Collins' career rushing record. They give it to Benny. Straight ahead. Ten. Five. Touchdown. And a rushing record for Benny Snell Jr. of Kentucky. Welcome into the All Out Kentucky Podcast, your home for the Kentucky Wildcats basketball and football program. I am joined, as always, by my brother and co-host, Sam Bradley. And Sam, the offseason rolls on this week, and BBN exhales and breathes a massive sigh of relief as Oscar Shibway has decided to return to Lexington for some unfinished business. Not too often you see a National Player of the Year come back to school the following year. So let's be thankful we get to see the Big O put back on the Kentucky Blue for one more season. Today we want to discuss how Oscar's decision will impact the team next season and why he ultimately decided to return to college and not enter into the NBA draft. We then would like to take a look at our head basketball coach, John Calipari. I'd like to open up a little discussion and give you guys a a little bit of a historical context as it pertains to Coach Cal. Um, And then we're going to dive a little bit into the state of the program and um, where we see things headed and kind of wrap it up with a nice bow. So with that being said, Sam... Would you like to tell us why Oscar ultimately made the decision that he did and how that will impact our team going forward? Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks for bringing us in there. Uh, I mean, gosh, that just sounded as sweet as it did from Oscar's lips when he made his announcement on ESPN Live. Uh, I know we tuned in, and that was about historically one of the most exciting announcement in recent uk history to be honest um you know we've never really had this large of a impact player come back for an additional season with kentucky so that's extremely exciting in itself um let alone the type of person that oscar shibway is to um not only the locker room but you know outside of the locker room as well we've never really had this large of an impact player both on and off the court come back to Kentucky. So gosh, I I could not be more excited. Um, uh, Obviously we, we spoke previously on the last episode of the all out Kentucky podcast as to some of the reasons that were going into Oscar's decision. And ultimately that leads him back to Kentucky. Um, As we previously discussed, you know, one of the biggest reasons for, him contemplating whether to go to the NBA or to return to Kentucky for another season was the NIL money that was attached to uh, his name from last season and obviously this upcoming senior year for him. Uh, As we discussed, he sat down with Mitch McConnell from Kentucky uh, along with other legislation representatives that 
uh, have made it firm and confident that prior to the start of next season, Oscar Sheboy will not only be able to earn NIL deals, but also redeem that money. Obviously, that's what we were referring to last time. Uh, so there's been comfort in that movement and the discussion that they have had uh, ongoing. Uh, the, the next big thing as far as why Oscar ultimately decided to come back, and he referenced this in his ESPN update, was his current draft position. I know we touched on this um, Matter of fact, since we had talked, AJ, I know we last said that he was a uh, you know, late second rounder hovering around pick number 42. Uh, he had actually climbed in some of the mock drafts and NBA scouts considerations, but he was still sitting in that second round position. Um, Oscar made it pretty clear during his announcement that he is looking for an opportunity to be a lottery pick. And um, obviously that didn't come into fruition after this incredible junior year that he had at Kentucky. And he is pretty set in his ways that he is going to open that opportunity up uh, after a senior year. And obviously that would have to be a dominant one at that. But, you know, as he, as he says on his uh, newly made shirts for BBN, all things are possible through Shibway. So, uh, I absolutely agree with that. I mean, this kid's got the the right mindset. And um, the big portion of this is he got the right feedback from the NBA as to what he needs to work on to make that opportunity possible come this time next year to be a lottery pick. And some of that feedback he got, um, he mentioned, but it, it's to expand his game to the perimeter part of the basketball court. Uh, the NBA is not looking for... Oscar Sheway at, you know, 6'9", 245 pounds to be able to be a knockdown three-point shooter. That's not what they're looking for. Honestly, all, the, all they really need is just him to extend the floor. If he can be a threat from three, hit one or two a game, that's realistically what he needs to elevate his game to the next level, um, which I truthfully do believe he has that in his arsenal. We did not have that opportunity to go to that part of his game this year because that wasn't needed. Um, you know, we built a consistent role for Oscar this past season. And ultimately I think we can open up that opportunity this next season um, just by plugging them in, in different scenarios and different parts of the offense. Uh, the next big part was his ability to catch the ball away from the basket and drive and finish in traffic. That was on full display throughout last season. I wouldn't say it was a key consistent part of his game. We were often going to him on the block and letting him, you know, make moves in the post. Uh, but when we did get him the ball on the elbows or at the free throw line, I mean, this kid definitely showed flashes of his abilities to make those quick moves and get downhill and get to the basket and finish under contact. And realistically, that's what they, they really want out of him at the next level. Um, and with that, the most important next part is to have that ability, but also to develop his passing game. Um, you know, a guy like Oscar Shibway at the collegiate level and at the NBA level is going to attract attention in the paint. And if he can get downhill and then make efficient and the right timely passing to his wings, that that's exactly what, you know, the NBA wants out of him next, you know, this time next year in order to become ultimately a NBA lottery pick. Um, but like we said, it's extremely exciting. These are all good things as well for Kentucky because the more he can develop in these areas, you know, um, 
the more efficient we are going to be on the offensive end. But it's, you know, it's definitely a very happy time to be a UK Wildcat. Yeah, and something you said there that I wanted to expand upon a little bit. um, And... Um, I watch a lot of NBA basketball. Uh, I'm not sure about everyone else. I know it's a little bit of a different game than college, um, but still basketball nonetheless and tremendous athletes out there and they can really put on a show. Um, but one thing that you'll notice if you watch the NBA is um, they play a ton of pick and roll basketball. And when you play pick and roll basketball, you know, normally it's between one guard and a big man. Um, NBA has gone a little bit more p- positionless now. Um, so you can get that in that pick and roll with, with more wing players and things of that nature. But, um, you know, uh, Sam touched on the fact that he's, he's got to, um, expand his game a little bit. And I think that is for sure something that, um, is all encompassing with that pick and roll because, um, Sam talked about it with him catching the ball at the elbow or the free throw line and then being able to, drive to the basket. I mean, you saw last year, sometimes he caught that pass there off the pick and pop and took that jump shot from about the elbow free throw line. And, you know, he can make that shot, but it wasn't super consistent. So I think just being that type of player where you can put him in that pick and roll situation on offense and he can either roll to the basket for the alley-oop or the pass, and then he can make a move down low but then he's also a threat to be able to pop out. And if he's going to consistently knock down that jump shot and extend the court like that, well, that opens up a whole nother part of the offense and his game and the whole team's game, because that's going to pull that defender that's guarding Oscar away from the basket farther, which then opens up driving lanes and opens up the court for our smaller players our guards, our wings, to be able to attack the basket where there's now a big man from the other team on defense being pulled away by Oscar because he has to respect the fact that Oscar can now hit that jump shot. And, you know, if you're not going to play up on him, he's going to knock it down. And if you get too up close to him, he's going to take you to the basket. And then, like Sam said, being able to pass out of that. Um, You saw it a lot last year where... He got double teamed down in the post or when he caught the ball um, at the free throw line. And sometimes he just wasn't quick enough to make that move to be able to pass out of that right away. And I think that's something that he, again, is going to have to work on. And the one thing I love love about Oscar is the self-awareness from him is, is just off the charts. I mean, it's hard. It's a very hard thing to do. Um, and, and you can listen to Cal talk about this years in the past. Um, but, but it's really hard to self-reflect and to really take ownership in the things that you don't do well and be able to look yourself in the mirror and say, I don't do these things well, and I need to get better. And that's what Oscar's done. And it just tells you about the type of kid he is. And Sam, Sam touched on it, the leadership on and off the court. I mean, this is just a special man, a special player. And, uh, you know, I alluded to it in my opening, but we need to be thankful that this man came back to college and count our blessings because he could have easily walked away and gone to the NBA and pursued that next part of his career. 
Um, but I think it is really special that he decided to come back. And when I say unfinished business, I mean unfinished business. Uh, this is personal to him. And he wants to win. He wants to bring that championship to Kentucky. He wants the fans of Big Blue Nation to be happy and to rejoice with him and to be a part of that whole experience of cutting down the nets. And like Sam said, I mean, ultimately, a lot of things go into the decision, but you can look at it from a lot of different angles, and the NIL is definitely a big part of it. But I think really, truly, um, this just says a lot about the man that Oscar Sheway is. And, uh, yeah, super excited to have him back in the Big Blue next year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Oscar's true love for Big Blue Nation and his experience that he has had at Kentucky is that third bullet point I have down as to what helped him make this decision. Don't get me wrong. Oscar has, just like the rest of us, that sour taste of how this past season ended. And that is going to be the influencer and driver behind the hardest worker on the court night in and night out. And now he's got even another level of motivation as to why he has to get the job done next year. And I'm extremely excited to see that much more motivated Oscar Sheway because I never saw him once last year, AJ get outworked, not once. And the fire that this kid has under him and the love and support he's going to experience like no other even more so than last year. I mean, think of the crowds that he was able to experience in Rupp Arena. Think of that. I mean, he's going to get that tenfold. And I can't wait to be a part of it. I think the biggest thing is to look at what we're getting back in Oscar Sheepway. And I've got a couple of points here. And the number one piece is his efficiency. I mean, you don't have to look too far to remember what he did last year. He averaged 17.4 points per game, 15.1 rebounds a game, and he has a program leading 28 double-doubles. He did it in one season. We're getting that back next year. That is as efficient as they ever will come. And it's only Coach Calipari's second player at Kentucky to be the leading scorer and return the next season. This is something very unique and very uncharacteristic for coach Cal's players, because oftentimes the leading scorer is a lottery pick. They're one and done and they're out the next season. So this is an extreme unique scenario that we get to experience next year. Uh, obviously we know the level of excitement around this, um, you alluded to this earlier, AJ. The next big piece is that leadership. It's on and off the court, but he is going to be the cornerstone of our program next year. The way he carries himself, the way he goes to work day in and day out and makes himself 1% better is the mentality that every player is going to adopt next season. Because when you have a guy that is as efficient and as consistent as your top dog and your leader on the team. There's nothing that speaks louder as far as leading by example. And that's exactly what Oscar Shibway does. Um, and that's going to be huge for 
the returning players and the core that we have coming back. And then like we harped on last time, some of these new incomers that can ultimately buy into not only Kentucky's culture, but Oscar Shebois. And I'm serious about that. I mean, this kid is setting a precedent for our program that will transcend far past when he's gone and he's in the NBA. And I'm telling you right now, his number and his jersey is going to be up there in the rafters looking down on us one day. But I'm just saying it's going to transcend past that. And the last big part is we're going to have an early jump. You kind of alluded to this, AJ, but we know the core of our basketball program is going to surround around Oscar Sheboy next year. Having the ability to start game planning right now of the pieces that we do have and the biggest piece in Oscar Sheboy being accounted for that's huge, guys, because right now Coach Cal can start developing the offense, the defense that we want to structure right now as opposed to four months from now if we were still trying to obtain a big from the transfer portal, from um, remaining 2022 recruits. This is a huge opportunity, and I think we rarely – have this opportunity and it's going to be an extremely exciting time to see how coach Cal um, utilizes Oscar Sheboy next year. Yeah. I mean, um, definitely going to be able to build upon what we did last year. Like you said, I mean, all that extra time in the off season to give Cal and his staff a chance to, dissect i mean i know they're not going to understand exactly 100 percent everyone that we have right now but but like you said knowing that oscar is going to anchor that roster and you know he's coming um that's going to go a long way for sure um i even think back to last off season um he came in he was a transfer from west virginia and if you guys remember his time at West Virginia, um, he was going through a little, you know, difference with his coach, Bob Huggins at the time. And they had a few other players at that position that they were trying to play as well. And it kind of shifted him out of the lineup and he was losing a lot of playing time. And I think, you know, me, and a lot of other fans and a lot of people around college basketball didn't 100% know what to expect from him last year. And, you know, I know Cal was confident in who he was, and that's why he brought him over to Kentucky. Um, but I don't think he was saying from the get-go, we're going to base everything we do around this kid, and we're going to game plan totally to to kind of put this kid in the best position because that's what we think is going to ultimately put our team in the best position to win. Um, so now having a full off season where, okay, we know who this dude is. I mean, there, there, there ain't no questions about who Oscar Sheway is. Okay. And so Cal knows that now and he's building his roster and his team to, you know, complement what Oscar does well and to hopefully help him expand on what he does well. Um, so it's super exciting to see um, a full off season, getting these guys in here, getting Oscar back. I mean, he's going to be going to work. So um, can't wait. Absolutely. And I think this is a, a great opportunity as you kind of brought up Coach Cal um, to slightly transition 
and give our listeners an opportunity to focus on um, some key considerations that have to go into every time you're having a discussion about Coach John Calipari and his tenure here at Kentucky. Don't get me wrong, BBN. I'm right there with you, holding hands, um, still trying to mourn what transpired in March Sadness and our loss to St. Peter's. I'm right there with you guys. And I saw it clear, AJ, the frustration that has built up within Big Blue Nation. And a lot of it is directed towards Coach Calipari. And we want to take this opportunity to provide some considerations on who is at the helm of this program uh, and let you guys ultimately formulate your opinions as to where we're headed, where we're going, where we've been. But I think uh, this is a great opportunity to make sure everyone feels rest assured in the direction Coach Calipari is going to be taking this program. Yeah, so... um where I wanted to start with this conversation about Coach Calipari was, um, I'm just going to touch briefly on Oscar real quick, and then I'm going to move forward. So um, the reason I bring up Oscar was because I brought this up previously on the podcast, um, but Calipari's approach with Oscar, we had mentioned, was different this offseason. Um, and Sam kind of alluded to it earlier as well, um, talking about Calipari, but um, he is a player's first type coach, and he's always trying to do what is best for the player. And normally, what that has meant is getting the guy to the NBA as fast as possible, because there's a small window where these guys can go and they got to go and make their money, and Calipari's trying to do what's best for them. He's still trying to do what's best for Oscar Shibwe by not sending him to the NBA because ultimately he could have if he wanted to, but he understands that there is a bigger opportunity for him in the NBA if he comes back to school this year because he can still make money he can progress his game, he can be a leader of the team, he can have all, all those sorts of successes in college and then still be able to progress his game to be able to go on to the NBA the next year. And the reason I bring that up is because, you know, that's just kind of the type of guy that John Calipari is where he understands the landscape of what's going on in college basketball. He understands the landscape of what's going on in the NBA. And He's not going to be, like I said previously, he's meticulous and he's not going to just be telling Oscar to come back because he feels embarrassed by what happened against St. Peter's and he thinks that, oh no, I need to have Oscar back next year so this sort of thing doesn't happen again. That's not what's going on here, okay? What's going on is it's a man who's our head coach in John Calipari who, if you go back and historically look, is always ahead of the curve as far as being a player's coach and kind of being out in front of everybody else in college basketball. And and this is what I mean. Um, obviously, he was the first guy to really put the whole one-and-done, quote-unquote, 
uh, thing on the map, and you know you can trace it back to his days um, at Memphis and before he even came to Kentucky, and then obviously it became a extremely prominent thing at Kentucky, um, and then a lot of other schools have since followed. And the reason I bring that up is because, like I said, he was kind of ahead of the curve on that whole thing. And we have a quite a new shift in the landscape in college basketball, so to say, with everything that's transpired as far as the transfer portal opening up the way it has and the rules changing as far as guys being able to go to a different school without having to sit out a season, being able to transfer to a school within their own conference and play the very next season. And then also with um, NIL, the the ability for these players to make money off of their name, image, and likeness. And, you know, Calipari continues to be out in front of all of those things. And it really just shows you that he is continuously hard at work. He's always trying to do what is best for our players. I mean, think back about the the transfer portal. Even a couple years ago, it was not a very big thing, right? And I believe he went out and brought in a few different players, um, Reed Travis being one of them. Um, I mean, that was, like I said, that that was before the transfer portal was really even a big thing. So, you know, if you go back and and, and just look at Calipari over the years, I mean, the, the landscape is always shifting and he is always staying one step ahead of the curve and always trying to put his team in the best position and his players in the best position for us to be successful as a team and for them to be successful as men and in their basketball careers, which I think gets lost a lot of the time when you, when, like Sam said, I mean, it stings when you lose to a St. Peter's. It sucks, dude. There's nothing good about that. And especially when you have the type of season you had. Um, so I think it's just important. That's just one thing um, that's important to look at as far as Coach Cal um, as I open up this conversation. Yeah, no, absolutely. And those are major considerations when thinking about John Calipari. And he oftentimes is always ahead of the curve, it feels like. And he's an early adapter, and he does it for the betterment of the Kentucky basketball program and the betterment of his players. I think one thing I might add that is oftentimes slept on in Coach Cal is his ability of player development. When you look at Coach Cal and the players that have been able to produce at the NBA level, it's incredible, AJ. And it's oftentimes players that were not originally the starstruck one and done players. I mean, um, Obviously, as of late, you know, Tyrese Maxby, when you look at his ability and his accomplishments early on in this NBA playoffs, yeah, he was a one and done. But you also look at a player like Emmanuel quickly. There's so many guards that have come through Coach Cal and this University of Kentucky basketball program that are prime examples of Coach Cal's ability to develop these players at the collegiate level. And you watch them flourish into this new product in the NBA that 
wasn't truly on everyone's radar. And I think that speaks volumes of his abilities to help these players better themselves. And like you said, Coach Cal is so plugged in at not only the collegiate level, but the NBA level. He knows what they're looking for in every single one of his position's players. And that's ultimately how he has such an amazing ability to develop these players into the type of mold that the NBA is looking for. And just to back that up with some credibility and validity for some of you listeners, Coach Cal, since being at Kentucky, has had 43 NBA draft picks. That's 15 more than any other program. He then has 32 NBA first-rounders. Guys, that is more than all of the Big Ten since Coach Cal has come to Kentucky. That is insane, y'all. Okay, next, we look at 21 NBA lottery picks. AJ, that's basically almost two a year. That's ridiculous. Okay, 13 NBA top 10 picks and three NBA number one overall picks. I know that BBN, some of you are listening right now and you say, I could care less about his percentages and his abilities to create players that develop and dominate at the next level. Okay, so let's go one step further. Let's look at the team accomplishments that Coach Cal has produced since coming to Kentucky because I know that's what matters more. Since Coach Cal has arrived at Kentucky, he has six-time SEC regular season champs. He's a six-time SEC tournament champ. He has... 12 NCAA tournament appearances. He has 31 tournament wins. He is an eight-time Sweet 16 tournament appearance. He has seven Elite Eight appearances. What I love about that is he's made it to the Sweet 16 eight times. Seven of the eight times, he's in the Elite Eight, guys. Bingo. Then of those seven that he's gone to the Elite Eight, four of which he has journeyed on to the final four. Guys, that's that's incredible. And then to top it off with a nice cherry back in 2012, he's got one national championship under his belt. Look, I, I get it. This is a compounding issue. AJ kind of referred to this, obviously, with the heartbreaking loss this past season. Then you refer back to the year before that, and we have a complete meltdown of the season. Then you go back to the season before that, and I truly believe this when I say it, we had a tournament-capable team that was about to make a run. We just listed off two guys that are in the NBA that are absolutely dominating this playoffs. Tyrese Maxey, Manuel Quickly. That team was destined for a run in March, and I think this compounding issue is what is creating the tension in BBN of thinking back, God, it's been so long since we've seen success in March. But COVID prevented us from potentially that run. And then don't get me wrong, yeah, big letdown year and well underperforming. We don't even make the, the tournament. But neither do some of the other big blues. And then you look at, obviously, this season, definite letdown spot. But, 
Um, I think it's important to put that into consideration when thinking about the state of this program and the state of, more importantly, John Calipari at the helm of this program, because don't get me wrong. I mean, you can log into Twitter and look up and pull the receipts and the tweets from half of Big Blue Nation saying, I love Cal, he's the right guy, and half of Big Blue Nation saying, if this guy isn't fired, then I'm not watching Kentucky next season. So that's that's ludicrous, but all of this has to go into consideration. Coach Cal, guys, is one of, if not the most successful college basketball coaches in the last decade. I know who we are, and I wear that proudly. We are Kentucky basketball, and it's Final Four bust every year. I get that. But we're not that far off. And like AJ alluded to, Oscar Sheboy coming back is a huge momentum swing. It is. And I'm not going to lie about that because I'm not one to say Coach Cal is on the hot seat because he's not. There's not even a warmer on his seat right now. This guy has a lifelong contract, AJ. I just read off the accomplishments he's had. He's not going anywhere. But his ability to get Oscar back definitely lightens the blow in the eyes of some of BBN. And that's exciting because I think this can kind of calm the waters throughout the offseason. Let everyone get excited about next year and kind of get a buyback in as to who Coach Cal is and who he is to this program. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't have said it better myself, Sam. Um, I think you definitely gave the people there some context um, in being able to see the bigger picture when it comes to Coach Cal. And I can't blame people. I mean, it's the world we live in now. Um, a lot of recency bias. You see something and uh, everybody wants to get all up in arms and they want to freak out about everything. And um, you don't really tend to remember what happened even a few years ago, let alone a few days or weeks or months ago. So um, it's very easy to kind of hop on that bandwagon right away and want to run John Calipari out of town because of the loss that we had. And people are saying, well, it's been three years since we've done anything in the tournament, um, which is, it's, it's a tough pill to swallow for sure. But like me and Sam have been saying here, um, I think if you take a step back and look at the bigger picture here, you'll understand that we are in good hands. Our head coach knows exactly what he's doing. Has he gotten the results that he, the team, and the fans have wanted over the last couple of years? Absolutely not. And he'll be the first person to tell you that what's happened over the last couple of years is unacceptable and that they're doing everything they can to right the ship and make it better. And I believe that when, when, they, when they say those sorts of things because they're out there on the recruiting trail, they're putting together a roster for next season, they're doing everything they can to, to be as stacked as possible and to get as much talent as possible into Lexington for next season and going forward. And one thing I just wanted to touch on really quick is it is very, very hard, no matter how good you are in any sport, 
to continuously win championships year over year. I mean, you can look at any level, any professional or college sports, even after a few years of a team winning a two, a three-peat, they burn out, it gets tough, the road gets tough, regardless of how much talent you have, regardless of who your coach is. It's tough out there, okay? Like we talked about earlier, the landscape of college basketball is changing, okay? There are a lot of teams out there who are getting better. Guys are being able to be paid, so their options are opening up. The transfer transfer portal has completely opened up people being able to change school to school, year to year. And there's a lot more competition now. There's a lot more skilled basketball players out there. There's a lot more athletic basketball players out there. So it's very unrealistic to think that we're going to go out there and win a national championship every single year. Okay. So when Sam runs you through all of those statistics about the success that we've had in March over the last 10, 12 years or so as Calipari's been here, I mean, just think about that for a second. The amount of Final Fours, Elite Eights, Sweet Sixteens we've been been to. I mean, guys, I really don't know what more you want other than for a few of those runs from those teams to turn into national championships, which I completely understand. I would have absolutely loved that. But it's tough. And I think you need to realize that because you can get wrapped up in a lot of the losses that we've suffered because they're tough and they're heartbreaking. And a lot of them have just truly, yeah, like I just said, they've ripped our hearts out as fans. But we need to keep all of this into perspective and we need to understand that John Calipari, like Sam said, is one of the best coaches, recruiters, player developers that this game has ever seen. And when you take a look around the college basketball landscape right now, Coach K is retiring. Out of the blue, breaking news the other day, Jay Wright is retiring from Villanova. So Jim Bayheim is on the latter part of his career. Tom Izzo is on the latter part of his career. Roy Williams just left last year with a new head coach and Hubert Davis now who took them all the way to the national championship game in his first season, but he's also got quite a lot of work to do to keep that program as successful as it was under Roy Williams. But the reason I bring these guys up is because, like I said, you look at the landscape and Calipari and the guy who just won the national championship, Bill Self, are kind of the last two-man Standing, I mean, like I said, Bayheim is still there, but um, he's definitely towards the end of what's going on. And with his son being at the school, I think it's kept him around a little longer. So we'll we'll see what happens there. But um, you know, I really do think that this is an opportunity for John Calipari to cement his legacy as a coach and to really cement his legacy as far as within the big blue nation over these next couple of years, because I really do truly believe that the best is yet to come for our program. Um, Because of all these things that we've talked about, this guy's not just going to fall off a cliff. Okay. He understands 
the sense of urgency because John and he, you can go back and even look at all the times that he speaks to the media and he speaks to the fans and he always says you fans are freaking crazy man and he gets it dude so you don't think he understands how frustrated people are he understands there is a sense of urgency and that we do not like to lose and we will not accept the losing aspect of what's going on so he understands that better than anybody and that's why I say I have confidence going forward in, in where we're headed as a program and why we are in good hands with John Calipari because he understands all of those moving parts and he is doing everything that he possibly can to get this thing back on track, like I said earlier. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've got two questions for you, AJ. And then let me follow it up with an exciting comment. My, I guess it's a two-parter. The question is, if John Calipari wins a national championship in 2009-2010 with John Wall, and then he follows it up with the national championship with Anthony Davis in 2012, or, part two, if he wins the national championship in 2015 with the undefeated season, if he grabs either of those, do you think any of this discussion ever happens around coach Calipari and his ability to win at UK does it and I guess the the two-parter is does it make a difference if he would have gone almost obviously not back to back but 2009 2010 then 2012 and then this long prolonged gap and it doesn't make it that much of a difference if he would have won in 2015 your uh your thoughts there I thought that was an interesting one so what I will say is Getting two national championships in college basketball is something as a coach that kind of puts you in your own class. So I'm not saying that the fans necessarily, that's like something that divides them where they're like, oh, well, he's got two, so it doesn't matter anymore and uh, nothing like that. But um, I think you'd have less of the people within Big Blue Nation saying fire Cal and reacting that way. I think you'd have people still frustrated with the fact that we lost to St. Peter's in the way that the season before that has gone went. And so to answer your question, you know, I don't think it would drastically change how people reacted and are reacting to what's um, gone on. But I maybe a little bit, but not a whole ton, honestly, because it, it, and especially because, like I said, the recency bias, man, it's been, he could have won one in 2009, 2010, 2011, 20, like he could have won four in a row. And then if we went seven, eight years without winning one, and then we lose the game to St. Peter's, you think it, it's like people are still going to be rattled that we lost to St. Peter's, but they're not going to be like, oh yeah, fire the guy who's won us four national championships. So nope, I think you're absolutely you right. Know, you know, you know what I'm saying there? Yeah, no, I absolutely. I, I agree with you. I think if you asked the common big blue nation, Kentucky basketball fan off the street, their first consideration would be, yeah, if we had another national championship since Cal got here, I wouldn't be saying anything, but they would say that. And then you would ask them how they felt about the program, about Cal after a loss like 
we had to St. Peter's and they're giving you the exact opposite. So I, I'm right there with you. I'm holding your hand on that answer. Um, I just thought it was interesting and at least worth the consideration, but I think to follow it up, what is extremely exciting is of all the accomplishments of all the opportunity that coach Cal has provided to the Kentucky basketball program. What's extremely exciting to me, AJ is this isn't maybe on the radar of all fans, but after next season, coach Cal will be tied for the longest coach in UK basketball history, AJ. That's, that's incredible. That's Truly, when we think back of all the prolific basketball coaches that have walked through Rupp Arena, that's pretty exciting. Like you said, AJ, he knows the standard. He would be the, the very first person to admit what has happened as of late does not meet the expectations of Big Blue Nation. He's going to get us back to the promised land, guys. He's going to get us back there. I, I promise you that he, he, before he retires from Kentucky, will cut down the nets again. And that's my statement. I hope I get to stick to it, but I truly believe that. I think what Sam is trying to say is, guys, we're in good hands. Okay, there's no there's no reason to hit the panic button yet. Okay, it's a disappointing season for sure. Okay, it's been a little disappointing lately, but like we said. We're going to keep harping on it. Just think back a little a little bit further back than two, three years. Start to think about some of the successes, some of the players who have come through our program. Hell, you can turn on any NBA game you want, and you're going to find a, a Kentucky Wildcat out there on the court. I mean, they're littered on the NBA rosters. And like Sam said, you may not care about that, but at the end of the day, they all came through our school. They all put on that jersey, and they all represented our school in our program, and if it weren't for John Calipari, none of those guys would have ever walked through those doors and brought all of us those fun memories and moments that we will look back on over the years and be able to cherish. So, Yeah, and the continued success, AJ. Sorry about that. But I think it's important that I know in some considerations – you're right. It doesn't matter in the standards of the accolades that we can rack up here at Kentucky on a team level and winning championships. I get that. The individual accolades of sending X amount of players to the NBA, I get it. It's not as big of a deal. But if you don't think that is a massive pitch at recruitment and a continued reason we have such success bringing in these high caliber recruits, then you are mistaken. Because when you come through Kentucky's facility and you look at the NBA wall, and like you said, you stare at the wall of the extreme talent we have at the NBA level. Not just guys that are, like you said, littered around that are just kind of floating. These guys are studs. When you bring in a five-star recruit and they get to look at that wall, I'm telling you, I've got chills right now. That changes the pitch. That changes the pitch and it continue, and it will continue to do so. So I just think that's one more thing you gotta you gotta factor in when you're thinking about what Cal has created for UK. Absolutely, he's always been um, 
a great leader of our program, and he has done a wonderful job of putting our program in a position to be successful and to take advantage of all of the opportunities that lie ahead. And I think that is a good place to kind of wrap up the conversation on John Calipari. Like we said, just wanted to provide you a little bit of a historical context for him Hopefully put your mind at ease a little bit after the tough blow that was St. Peter's. With that being said, we just have a few things to touch on before we get you guys out of here. And I'm going to have Sam give you guys a little update on Shaden Sharp and a few other things surrounding the basketball team. Now for y'all listening... AJ did this on purpose. He's making me be the one that breaks the news and me seem like the bad guy, but, but no, uh, BBN just hang on there. Uh, as you all have likely seen announced earlier today on, um, April 21st, shading sharp has officially declared for the NBA draft. Mind you, he is retaining his college eligibility because he is not, hiring an NBA agent to assist in this process, uh, meaning he can return to the collegiate level next season if he chooses to do so. However, I say with about 99% certainty that will not be the case. We can kind of um, say sayonara to what could have been with Shade and Sharp. It's a tough blow. It really is. Um, You know, I don't think there was anyone more excited for – Shade and Sharp than, than myself and AJ. Uh, we've really studied this kid for a very long time since the beginning of the recruitment trail of uh, this Canadian-born star athlete. And it's going to be a tough one. Um, definitely like we referred to in our previous podcast, it's going to be one of the toughest what could have beens. But uh, I'll start by saying it's definitely – no way a blame game. Um, you know, there can't be any finger pointing right now as far as uh, pointing at John Calipari or at Shaden Sharp or his camp. Uh, you know, things change, guys. And unfortunately, this change for the worse of BBN, but ultimately the betterment of a young star athlete's future at um you know the highest level and i'm extremely excited for him but to kind of bring you guys up to speed obviously uh during his announcement he let us know how tough of a decision this is it is not concrete yet like i said he is not officially out from the collegiate level since he did not hire an agent um but ultimately shaden has gotten some feedback from NBA GMs and scouts where he has positioned himself to be a strong top 10 pick, if not a top six pick in the NBA draft. Um, I know there has been some murky waters as far as his eligibility goes to enter the draft. I was about as shocked as the rest of the world, not just big blue nation and the fact that, his high school did come out and say he officially graduated from high school in May of 2021. That was not on anyone's radar, AJ. I don't know about yours, but he played an EYBL, a 
collegiate star high school basketball tournament in October. Yet they said he graduated in May. So don't get me wrong. There is still a lot of murky waters to be um, shifted through. But ultimately, the NBA is now going to officially review his case for his eligibility. And everything that I've heard from NBA GMs and scouts is that the anticipation is he is 100% eligible for the draft. And with the considerations that he's getting for a top six pick, I don't see any scenario where he returns to Kentucky. Yes, quite an unfortunate situation. Um, But, you know, it is what it is. And he has got to do what's best for him. We've touched on that previously. Um, I don't think there's a whole lot else to say. I appreciate you breaking the bad news to everyone. I'm not trying to make Sam the bad guy here. I really am not. Um, Sam, I will be completely transparent with you guys, has just really um, stayed up to date on everything going on around Shaden and everything that has gone into um, all of these decisions and all of what's surrounding him at Kentucky in the NBA level. So um, I have Sam bring you guys this news because he does a much better job of it than me. He knows more of a more about all of the news and the nuances about um, what's happening with him and his camp um, as opposed to me. So um, I will just tell you about how much of a good basketball player he is and how much I would like him to come to Kentucky. If you listen to episode two, you would have heard my pitch to him. So obviously I want him to be here. Um, but yeah, so sorry, Sam, not trying to make you the bad guy there, but I do appreciate you filling the people in on what's going on with Shaden. You got anything else for us today? Yeah, I would just say, BBN, it is officially time to hit the transfer portal and to stare down our remaining 22-2023 college offers. I think this is um, kind of the official shift. Obviously, there is still that, you know, you're telling me there's a chance, opportunity, that Shaden Sharp returns to Kentucky for next year. Uh, But ultimately, that leads us to hitting the portal hard, um, looking at our options. You know, we have to, as the number one priority, address the – efficiency of the type of score shading sharp would have been for our program next year we're going to have to address that you know we got to go out and get a consistent score there are some great names in the portal that are uh, aj and i will really bring you guys up to speed and what our opportunities are as we kind of alluded to on last episode we have some existing 2022 2023 offers on the table that uh, are still great options So stay tuned. We'll keep you guys up to speed, but let's shift the focus. Let's stay optimistic and extremely, extremely, extremely excited about the news of Oscar Shibway returning to Kentucky. I mean, come on, guys. Come on. We could not be more pumped up about that opportunity. We are rolling. We are not dead. We are going to be a top 10 team preseason, and this job is not done coach cal is on the recruiting trail and you guys wait and we'll keep you guys covered 
I can hear it now. He's going to come running out of the tunnel for the first game. Oscar. 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 Oh, man. I cannot wait. What an announcement. I don't know about you, but I was bouncing off the walls when I heard that he was coming back to school. Really cool to see him on SportsCenter kind of see him in that national spotlight they really uh i thought that was pretty cool that they gave him that opportunity to showcase himself and really put himself out there i mean i know he won the national player of the year and he did his thing at kentucky all year but you would be surprised at um the fact that a little bit under the radar and in the national spotlight as far as um that goes so really cool to see him in that in that spotlight and to get that moment um, even though he'd be the first to tell you that it's not about him, it's about the team, and that's what we love about him. But I am very happy for him and the accomplishments that he deserved this season and uh, the opportunity that he is now presenting us for next season. And Sam just wanted to add one more thing real quick. One last consideration, y'all. The only other player that has won all these accolades that Oscar Shibway has racked up this previous season and been national consensus player of the year and return next season did not win any accolades at the individual level. However, that player is Tyler Hansborough for UNC, and they did, in fact, win the national championship the very next season. I think... Uh, if that doesn't get your, your, you know, chills on your arms and your hair sticking straight up, then I don't know what will. So let's be excited about that. Absolutely. And with that being said, a few parting shots and then we'll get out of here. Just wanted to reiterate one more time, guys. Have a little faith in Coach Cal, okay? Please, 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 the next time that you're about to have a panic attack and an absolute meltdown when you think about us losing to St. Peter's last year, just take a little stroll on back down memory lane and think about all the good times that we've had with Coach Cal as our head coach and all the good times ahead. Thank you for tuning in to this week on the All Out Kentucky Podcast. We will be back on Monday, and we're going to get into the football team. Off-season has been going on, and I think it's about time we shift our focus away from the basketball for a little moment, dive into the football program, and uh, we'll go from there. So, Sam, I will see you next time, my friend. Thanks, y'all. There's only one thing left to say. Oh, C-A-T-S, cats, cats, cats.